Welcome to the Free Oakley Podcast. This is your host, Billy Johnson. All right, everybody. Tuesday night, December 19th, last Free Oakley of 2023. This is the Christmas episode. We're doing a holiday-themed Free Oakley year-end. Uh, I'm bringing back uh, one guest who you all know well, Joe Young, returns. And we bring in a new guest, Mike Freeze joining us from Las Vegas. So we thought we would do a fun thing. We wanted to do a Christmas-themed Naughty or Nice in honor of Joe, who actually is a Long Island Santa Claus for pay, if I've got, if I've got that right. So we want to do a, a, a Santa Claus Christmas Naughty or Nice list. We're going to go around the horn. But before we, we dive in, let me, let, me welcome the, uh, let me welcome the gents. Freeze, you're making your, your free Oakley debut. Yes, I'm both uh, honored and humbled to uh, be a participant in the Christmas special. <laughs> Joe, and, you're, uh, Joe, you're old hat. You've, you've been here before. This is not your first rodeo. It's not my first rodeo, Bill. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, shouting out the uh, the side hustle, the Santa gig. And um, a big a big, um, a big factor that goes into my, my Santa performance is I'm what's known as a fake beard. I rock a fake beard when I'm Santa Claus, so I have to use actual magic. The old guys with the white beards, garbage. You, the real beards are garbage, you're saying? Garbage. You got to go with a fake beard. Fake bearded Santa. Is is that controversial, the the fake beard versus the real beard? The Oh, it's absolutely controversial. I'm, I'm out here hustling, 45 years old. I still have brown, orange in my beard. Right. And uh, those uh, those other guys are just just banking on the fact that they're old, you know. <laughs> so does that mean you get the better the better gigs? No, I get the probably the the less attractive gigs, you know, okay. being a fake beard. I I I, I ask for a, a less a little bit less of a rate, you know. A real beard probably gets seven fifty, maybe a a cool G for certain appearances. You get me for the rock bottom rate of three hundred dollars. Uh, a shot and um and i i handle every type of child uh i haven't dropped a single one people take pictures they're very satisfied do you get tips i i used to try to do that and then i was i was told i was told i was told not to anymore i used to put a little tip cup out there but okay well you've been doing santa a long time i remember at one of our keen ugly sweater parties you you showed up at santa claus and, and handed out the gifts I remember that. Yeah. So you've been doing this uh, 10 years at least. Yeah. yeah. Been doing okay. it forever. And then Mike, it, it's, um, I, you've been referenced multiple times on the show. You are, you know, the three of us have been friends. You guys know each other longer than, than, than me. I, I, uh, as I mentioned in one of the earlier pods, I, I came to Baldwin from Long Beach, uh, freshman year of high school. So back in, uh, in 1992, and uh, and you guys were my my first friends in, in Baldwin, and you were part of the Bogarts Brawlers. That that story was was recapped here. You were also part of the uh, some of the Baldwin Freeport Bridge hijinks. All right, so let, let's get into. Uh, we've all come up with our naughty and nice list. <clears throat> we're gonna do two nice, two naughty. We're gonna start with nice. We're gonna go around the horn. And the nice could be or naughty could be anything. <clears throat> it could be person, could be themed, 
uh, could be a team per se, you know, the, the, really the, the, the floor is yours. So we're going to start with nice and Santa, why don't you, why don't you do the honors? So my, I'm going to do one nice, right? My one nice. And then I'll, and then we'll each do a nice or do I do two? Do the two, do two. We'll, we'll both, we'll run through both nices. All right. So my first nice is, is um, going to be good old dabs, Brian Dabble. I feel like he earned it by making the Giants a team that we wanted to watch when everybody said tank. Devil did not say tank, which which I, I respect. And I don't think anybody would, would, would want a second-year coach to like have a tanking culture. So Dabs found a way to make DeVito like name brand person all of a sudden recognizable. He played he played really well against Green Bay. So I give Dabs and again he kept that locker room. So Dabs is on my nice list, number one. My second nice, um, Cortland State football team, national champions, Division Three. They won the whole thing last Friday night. They had a 13-1 and season. They started off that elite, which is awesome what they do in D3 football. They do like an elite eight where you're not automatically in if you win your conference champion, but you also have to have like a strength of schedule and a good record. And they use like a metric to, to, to pull like eight um, conference winners and Cortland had like a less than like 1% chance of winning the whole thing in, in the Elite Eight. And they beat the team that's won it twice in the last three years. So Cortland uh, State football on the nice list and Brian Dabble on my nice list. All right. Uh, the Red Dragons, right? Cortland Red Dragons won. Um, correct, Bill. Uh, I remember went to the Cortica Jug back in 1999, Cortland Ithaca. Uh, great fan base, much love to the Cortland Red Dragons. So congrats to to C State. I will uh, I will jump in with my nice list. Uh, I'm going to Knicks here. So first on my nice list, Jalen Brunson, just been an absolute killer. Jalen Brunson, second round pick in 2018 uh, by the Mavericks. It was a starter for the Villanova. Two national championships there. He does four years in Dallas and then signs with the Knicks. Knicks gave him four years, 104 million, so 26 per. Um, we, you know, we so we this is year two of Brunson. People didn't love the the Brunson contract up front. They thought we were overpaying for him. His last year in Dallas, he averaged 16 points a game uh, in about 32 minutes. Shot 37 percent from three. And everyone kind of thought hey, maybe that's kind of a big contract or the Knicks have to overpay uh, for, for a middle tier free agent. Last year, he comes to the Knicks, 24 points a game, 42% from three. Knicks win their first playoff series since 2013. This year, he's up to 26 points per game, 46% from three. He had a 50-point game last Friday night against the Suns. He had nine assists in that game. So uh, 50 and nine, nine for nine from three. I actually stayed up last night. I watched the the Knicks Lakers out, out West. He had 29 last night, very entertaining game. Everyone played Davis, LeBron, uh, you know, Brunson, Randall, Brunson, big shots down the stretch. I'm impressed with his game. I, you know, I follow him a lot in Villanova because you, you know, going to Providence. I, I, I watched him a lot. He beat us in the 2018 uh, Big East Championship. We lost in overtime, 
Brunson got to the line, uh, sent it into OT. But his his game, he can hit threes. He's got a mid range. He can get to the rim, shooting eighty two percent from the from the free throw line. Super clutch. I don't think he gets the, the respect that maybe a lot of other guys do in the league. He doesn't have that that you know that big time athleticism. He's not like a like a John Moran type of guy. But um, it's not a coincidence that the Knicks won their their first playoff series since 2013 with him uh, joining Randall, which begs the question, is Jalen Brunson the best free agent the Knicks have ever signed? Now, I looked into this, and Knicks don't have a big history of, with free agents. Brunson, um, last year, so obviously guys like Ewing, drafted by the Knicks, Sprewell, Mello, Oakley, Bernard, Marbury, all those guys were all acquired via trades. Mason and Starks, technically free agents, but they were really picked up off the scrap heap. Both guys were like in the in the CBA at the time. So really, uh, they missed on a ton. So I, I don't think you'd put uh, Stoudemire, Joachim Noah, Chris Childs, Kurt Thomas, J.R. Smith, any of those guys in, in the best free agents. Really, it comes down to... Allen Houston, Julius Randle, or Tyson Chandler, the only other guys that I came up with that were actually like high-impact free agents. Houston was nine seasons with the Knicks, two all-star teams, around 20, 20 points per game. Huge shot in that in that Miami series, but Allen Houston, I don't know if I would uh, you know think of that as a major success. So I'm giving it to Brunson for best New York free agent signing of all time. Make a good argument. I feel, like they have to, I feel like they have to make the playoffs again. Like right now, the Knicks are flashing the pan. I think there's got to be a little consistency, but I think there will be because I like I like I like Brunson with those other Villanova guys. Yeah, I think he's like Hart has seemed to drop off a bit. Barrett's been like spotty. Brunson just gives you like a solid performance night in night out. Randall Randall's ceiling is huge. Like when Randall gets into like ass kicking mode, he's he, he's pretty he's pretty fun to watch. But then he he can spin completely off the rails. So I'm a big Brunson guy. He's on my nice list. And my other nice list, I'm going Mitch Robinson. Not only is he developed into a quality NBA big man, Knicks really got him at the in the second round a couple of years ago. He didn't even really play in college. He was a really high um high school. Uh, prospect, but his off the court life and generosity w- warrants mentioning. There was the the, the next Pistons game a few weeks ago. They ran a sideline interview. His high school coach from Louisiana was at this game. This old old white dude. Um, he was saying that his wife was really sick, and Mitch and like came to visit the wife in the hospital pretty much like every day. She winds up passing away. She dies. Robinson has the coach move in with them from Louisiana, flies him up to New York. And now he's currently Mitchell Robinson's roommate. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty cool story that this old guy, you know, Mitch was like, yeah, you're going to have a hard time with your wife gone. I want you to come up to New York, live with me. So Mitch on my nice list. It also made me think of Joe, you were pretty close with coach Pittman under, you know, you played high school basketball, you played college basketball under what circumstances would you allow Coach Pittman or would you invite Pittman into your home to live with you? No circumstances would I invite Pittman into my house. Uh, so no, no Pittman. Pittman says, hey, I'm, I've fallen on hard times. 
Uh, I need a place to crash. You say, sorry, Jen, not happening. I'm, I'm doing this podcast from my uh, from the guest room in my house right now. Yeah. And the answer would be no. I would not have Mr. Pittman living down here, no matter how hard of times he came upon. Freeze, let's go to you. What do you, what do you got in your nice list? So there wasn't a whole lot to be happy about this year from uh, a fan's perspective, who I root for in Mets. The second Diaz was gone it was just that was a sign it was all going to be downhill from there but you know there's one bright spot for the Mets and 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 that's Steve Cohen uh who I fondly refer to as Uncle Stevie I say the man should just spend just spend. I don't care he can afford to lose lose it we're we're never gonna be successful you know building something over a long period of time or whenever it could be one of those teams that you know, we find some chemistry once we get into the playoffs and, you know, we're going to run the table. We're going to have to just outspend. And he's our only salvation. And listen, there's, there's not a lot out there this year. So maybe it doesn't happen right away. But that that the Mets have to win again in my lifetime. And he's he's the only way that we're getting there. Um, so I want him on the nice list. I want him to know that uh, we're happy to have an owner that's willing to spend and, and prioritizes getting the Mets a championship. So yeah, he's my, he's my, my first. Um, and then uh, my like other, it. my other sports it's trying to stick in the, in the sports realm here. Um, not a lot to feel good about with the giants this year. Listen, we made it the playoffs last season. I think that created a lot of false hope going into this year. You might've been, benefactors of a, a easier schedule last year um so it's a bit of a reality check we were we've still yet to realize that we have to invest in a in an offensive line um spent a lot of money on on danny dimes which i think we regret now that's a whole other story but not a lot to feel good about until one tommy devito shows up a compelling story feel good story listen you know there was no way he was gonna lead this team to, you know, a playoff run. There's a lot of, this is called opportunity within the Giants organization. There's some, there's a good foundation there. I do like Dable. Um, I think he should be at the helm. Um, I like some, some pieces on the defense, you know, Barkley's great, but DeVito's just a great, a great story. You know, I grew up 10 minutes from the stadium, you know, Italian American community, big fan base. So for three weeks, there was something to cheer about as a Giants fan. The Tommy DeVito makes a nice list because of that. This week was kind of back to reality. Although I saw today that we have a 0.2% chance of making the playoffs, even with our shitty record. Never uh, say so never. There is still No. So you're saying there's a chance. What movie is that from? Dumb and Dumber. That's like Lloyd, Lloyd Christmas for the Christmas episode. Well, well played on that. I uh... Yes. Dude, I, I, as a, as a, as a Jets fan, I thought that Green Bay game was was incredible. That was yeah. exciting. Oh, no, he's going to be a, he's going to have a career as a solid number two quarterback because I think he's he's got the composure for it, the confidence. Um, and that's where Dable comes in. I think you know, let's say he got the most out of Jones last year. You know, I don't think there's a lot of head coaches that could get as much out of their their quarterbacks. But yeah, yeah, it was nice. I uh, played for Syracuse. This is, this is a lot of New York connection. 
So those are my two, uh, two on the nice list. What I, I like both of them. What um what happens with Devito now? So Jones comes back. They they spend a ton of money on him. Obviously, you know he's he'll get the look coming into next season. Does Devito stay? Do they lock him up as like a number two, or does he get a chance think, to go somewhere else? They do. I mean, listen. At one point this season, it was shit. We're gonna you know we'll play ourselves into a you know top three pick or play ourselves out of getting yeah. into a top three pick. Is it a strong quarterback draft? Um, you know, that's kind of gone out, out the window. I don't know where we fall now, but I think it's outside of the top 10. Um, I mean, it's, listen, spent a lot of money on Jones. He's going to be our quarterback, you know, going into next year. And, you know, it's pretty obvious. But, yeah, I, I think we bring him back. I don't see him getting any looks as a starter on any right. other team. You know, but listen, look at this season, how many starting quarterbacks are out. You got to have a good number two if you're a decent team. You can't go in with a Tim Boyle being involved or Trevor. Like the Jets have shown that, like, you cannot go in with, like, a real bottom-of-the-barrel guy. So, And I think DeVito has shown that he's not – he can at least play competent football. Yeah, I mean, that, that listen, that's as much as we're going to get right now for the remainder of the season. We got the Eagles twice. Maybe we play spoiler in some way when one of those two negatively impacts them. I right. hate them, um, yeah. but, we'll, but we'll, come, we'll come back to that. I am glad you brought up. Um, I am uh, glad you brought up uh, Cohen. Uh, I agree. You know, I'm a, you know, Joe and I, we're all Mets fans here. Uh, he's shown the willingness to spend. And I think he's shown the, the, the willingness to get out when when it made sense and he didn't really drag yeah. on, he didn't drag on that Verlander or Scherzer thing he cut bait he actually got something back for it and he he ate yeah. it um so I, I don't think any other any other teams have really shown the 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 propensity to do that so uh give Cohen credit there I love how he you know I think Stearns is a good hire um in terms of you know, he's a New York guy he's had success in a small market let's see what he can do with, with the uh with the big wallet in terms of the spending just my quick Alonzo ran here. I'm a huge Pete Alonzo guy. I think if we're going to spend money, like let's get Pete's extension done. Don't give me the the age or length argument because you gave Verlander two years at age 40 at 43 per. So he was already in his 40s. You gave him guaranteed money. And then they gave Nimmo eight years last year and he's 30. Alonzo just turned 29. So he's not young, but he's not super old. He's six months younger than Otani, who just got 10 years. Uh, I know Otani is kind of a unicorn, but uh, he's one year younger than Lindor, two and a half years younger than Judge. Long contracts are just part part of the biz. So give Pete, give Pete what he's owed. Um, he's a homegrown guy. He'll if he if you keep him, he'll I think he's got a pretty good shot at the Hall of Fame based off of his numbers. And he, if either way, he'll lead the Mets. He'll leave the Mets in all offensive categories as as the leader. He wants to be here. He gets better every year. He's not terribly defensively. My comp for him, I think if you actually, I re, I was looking at the numbers over the first five seasons, he has more home runs, RBIs, slugging. OPS and OPS plus than McGuire. I think that's like a, like his kind of comp, a guy who puts up like big time power numbers. And um, Alonso has got 192 home runs in his first 
uh, first five years. The one stat I saw, only player to hit at least 35 home runs in first four of his five seasons, Pujols, Eddie Matthews, and Ralph Kiner and Alonzo. And Alonzo only didn't do it in 2020, which was that strike uh, COVID shortened season. And he hit like 16 home runs in 57 games. So, you know, and then having young kids now, it's like, I would love for Alonzo to be like around for like the next 10 years. So, yeah. And like David Reich, I mean, you got to treat these guys well. You're not going to replace him right. with any better, better bat. And I think that goes a long way. It's, I mean, listen, you're not, you're paying for a contract that they're going to produce on going forward, you know, but there, there is some kind of, something to be said about the loyalty for a guy that's been with you up through the farm system, keeping them. I think that goes a long way with other, you know, free agents, bringing people in and creating a culture in your organization, you know, that you value that in these guys, you know, from an ownership perspective. Right. I, I agree completely. You gotta, you gotta keep him, you know, cause listen, it does come down to, to, to chemistry. Um, you know, these guys enjoying being part of a clubhouse i i was told i know um a, a friend of a friend uh shane victorino who oh killed, yeah yeah, yeah. The from the phillies yeah real really great guy he told me last off season he's like it's not gonna work out verlander and uh and uh scherzer hate each other oh he's really? like okay so that was true so that was all true yeah huh? he goes yeah he goes they can't stand each other and it's he goes Playing on many teams that you know we had, where chemistry, the clubhouse was, everybody got along, made a big difference, and he goes, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna add anything to that clubhouse of those guys playing with each other. So, um, that was cost Mets a lot of money there, but yeah, but Cohen was smart enough to bail. I mean, listen, you don't have that much success in your primary business, accumulate that much wealth, and success, not knowing when to cut bait. Yeah, totally. I'm thankful for him this this season. We haven't not had that before, and I think it'll uh it'll pay off for us at some point. Hopefully, sooner than later. So okay, so we've gone around the horn. We've we've done the nice Santa. Who's on the naughty list for you? First person on my naughty list, and I'm, and and Bill, I uh, I know we just we kind of like shot some naughty list ideas back and forth. You you didn't you didn't throw this guy out there. I was so surprised. Ed Cooley is on my naughty list. Oh, okay. From Providence to Georgetown. Yeah. I, so I've been railing against Ed for, for you know, since the beginning of the year. So, I, you know, it would be overkill if I piled on Ed even more. So respect to you calling out Ed, though, as, as a as a innocent bystander of college hoops and, you know, the Cortland State affiliation and for sure. But uh, but but you you see through Ed as well. Well, it's interesting. My my college hoops fandom is has been funny. I've I've been a pretty pretty uh, solid Providence guy. Yeah. Since I started visiting you back in the in the late nineties, going to Big East tournaments, always always rooting for Providence, and I and I really liked Ed. I liked him on the sideline. I liked him as a motivator. So, like losing him, knowing that he was an actual like Providence dude, it it, it blew my mind. But it also um, made a smooth transition for me to stop being a Providence fan and go back to being a St. John's fan now that we got Rick Patino at the helm. Okay. I'm back with St. John's, and I'm so excited to have Patino here. Um, I know we got Xavier Wednesday 
tomorrow, right? Um, lost to Boston College, but I, I, I do feel like St. John's is going to be like relevant when it comes to tournament time. So, but either way, Ed Cooley, um, Ed Cooley's on my bad list. And then I was like all over the place for my, uh, my number two spot on the naughty list. Uh, I think there's some fundamental unfairness that Florida State went undefeated mm. and did not get into the college football championship. So the the CFB, the governing board, they are um, on my naughty list. And it's like an exact contrast to how perfect Division Three college playoff is. They decide the eight teams based on records and conference champions who the eight best teams in the nation are. Right, but you got to win those conference championships to go in. This college football board is is not answerable to anybody, so they just made they their their idea is the four top teams in the nation at the time, just knocking Florida State right out of there, you know, undefeated. So I I think that's just unfair. If I was a Florida State fan, I'd be so heated right now. I'm not, but that's what I'm putting there. The CFB and uh, your boy Ed Cooley both on the naughty list. Yeah, I mean, they got hosed, right? They won the ACC, went undefeated to be in that conference. I guess the uh, they, were, they weren't going to exclude the SEC. So they were going to take the SEC champ. And then I guess once you take Bama, you have to take Texas, right? Because Bama it's beat going like, to the Texas. Movie. Yeah, be, Texas beat Bama. Mm-hmm. And I think they just – they have carte blanche to say um, – Travis is Texas out. Texas lost so. to Oregon. Washington beat Oregon. Washington's in. Yeah. And then the, the, the quarterback is out. So you're not going to get a good good quality matchup in their eyes. So so FSU is toast. For for my two on the naughty list, I'm going to keep the theme of not necessarily a person, but I'm going to go MetLife Stadium on my naughty list. I mean, the Jets have been just a clown show and a disaster, but the – turf that everyone's been complaining about the turf they switched this year to a new synthetic field turf at at metlife at metlife stadium there was a a players only poll where it was deemed the worst stadium and they they cited a lot of the, the turf issues so the turf you know aaron Rodgers four plays in you know ruptures his achilles was it the turf was it the fact that he was 40 uh, I'm I'm blaming the turf. I'm blaming on the turf on on ruining this this season. I'm I'm blaming MetLife Stadium. Not only did it did it derail what was going to be a you know a, watching Aaron Rodgers play for the Jets. I had a full green light from the misses to go to Vegas to see Freeze to go to Jets Raiders. It was Sunday Night Football. I sold it here. I was like, look. This is this is Rogers. He's on the Jets. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'm on the wagon now, so you don't have to worry about any any craziness. Good buddies out there. It's a brand new stadium. It's supposed to be one of the best stadiums that that's out there. Um, and uh, Rogers going down immediately forced Zach Wilson upon us. And and as much as I love Freezer, I, I couldn't bring myself to to traveling out to Vegas to watch Zach Wilson in person. And I'm glad yeah, I did. We would have been off the. We would have been off the wagon. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So MetLife, my MetLife took took that from me. 
um, it's funny because you know I was trying to work. You know, we, we there was we were trying to organize it too, right? We were texting Brian Stanley. Uh, we was involved in some chats, and we were trying to figure out who could go out there because the Jets and Giants played out there. It was my idea to, by the way, to go out there for the Jets. And now all the Giants fans obviously took issue because like, oh, why don't, if we're gonna go, why don't we just go the week before because the the Giants are playing. So I think the you know Jones the Giants season going down down the tubes prevented. Giants fans from going out there, at least from our crew. And then uh, that I I had a bit of hope. Like Nip, I saw over the summer was all in. Like you should have seen his face light up. Like when I was like Vegas Jets Raiders freeze. <laughs> it was like I, he was couldn't couldn't have been in any faster. And then and that stadium built when they built it one point six billion to build the stadium. It's basically a replica of Giant Stadium. There's like no frills, nothing cool about it. Cost 1.6 billion. And you have all these badass stadiums. Allegiant in Vegas was one was 1.9. Uh Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta is supposed to be pretty pretty awesome. That was like 1.6. AT the Jerry World, ATT in Dallas was also like one one and a half billion. Uh SoFi is the one that was like crazy. I think that was like like yeah, five, five, six billion. How do you get such a like an awful, awful stadium for you know, one and a half billion dollars in, in New York? And you have two teams. It's the largest sport in America. You have the two like two most popular franchises sharing a stadium. That's completely awful. That's it's it's brutal. And I'll, and I'll go for my 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 number two on the naughty list. It's is fantasy football. I'm sorry, fantasy football people. I've been doing fantasy football since 2000. Uh, I'm just, I'm just done. I'm, I'm fantasied out. It's, it's. I, I don't, I don't know if it's. I don't have the time for it. Monday night finishes. You got to be on the waiver wire the next day, and then you've got games on Thursday. It could be Friday. It could be Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday. There's no break. Everybody gets hurt in the NFL now. The leagues that I'm in, two long-standing leagues. It, it, it's like three hundred dollars a guy. Some dudes don't pay attention anymore. Some of the nerds live for it. I don't. I don't have. I don't have time for it. I've been on a crusade to to shift the focus from a fantasy football buy-in for the league to to for payouts for the winners to to a gambling slush fund where everybody throws in a few hundred bucks and you know you agree on group bets or or have some of those guys that do better than others kind of help manage it um, and you keep something small like fifty bucks a team you could divvy divvy up that but um i'm basically paying to be in a what whatsapp chat at this point and fantasy football and i don't i don't even see a way out of it so fantasy football it's on my naughty list freeze take us home i couldn't i could not agree more. i've never been to metlife stadium um but yeah you got a, a game there every weekend every week there's right. a game there the only stadium in the league that has that well, maybe now SoFi has that, but anyway. So there's a lot of things I hate. A lot of things that pissed me off this year. But if I had to put two on the naughty list right now, this time of year, um, not a lot to cheer for with the Giants. So you know that's where I usually transition into just hating the Cowboys and the, and the Eagles and mm. just really focusing my attention on on them doing poorly. Uh, so the last this weekend was really nice. Eagles, Philadelphia fans. I, I was gonna just put them on my naughty list. Philly, 
Philadelphia fans in general, whether it's the Eagles or the Flyers or the Phillies, the Sixers, I hate them all. They, they're, <laughs> but, but one person embodies the Philadelphia sports fan more than anybody this year, and it's this fat bastard, Big Dom, they call him. He's this like cult favorite now in Philly. They love this guy. He's a head of security, and he's on the sidelines interacting with players on the field. What what is his value being on the fucking sidelines? So excuse my language. And it's not the parking lot. It's not you know getting the team to the airport or to the hotel. Why are you on the sideline interacting? with players if not to just to be seen you know with with the with the gold rope necklace so i gave a lot of love to one italian american on my nice list and tommy devito and i gave a lot of hate to this fat bastard from philly <laughs> on my what happened so, by the way what ha- so i actually missed that whole thing now he's banned he's banned from being on the side well what happened the incident uh, I think it was like a late hit with the Niners on one of the Eagles players. And he was kind of in the vicinity, but kind of moved his way like toward the altercation because the Philly players on the side happened on the Philly sideline. They didn't like it. And he started pointing his finger at the player. Player then wind up doing the same thing back. Kind of mushed him, I guess. So I forget who the player was, but he, he was fine. But this is a place where the people who are deciding the outcome, whether it's players or coaches, the outcome of the game, right? Whether they're playing it or they're making decisions, calling plays that they make sense. And this guy's, and now, you know, all the Philly fans love this guy. So, you know, I'm loving that they lost three games in a row. That made me very happy. And now I'm not the only one to put him on the naughty list because the NFL also did. He's banned from being on the, the sidelines for any other home or away games. That's my first. Fat Tom is getting coal now, for Christmas. He's getting he's getting coal, wrap it in gabagool, do whatever <laughs> you got to do. But that's, uh, yeah, he's getting coal, naughty list. Number two, this was a tough one. Am I the only one who hates this pickleball shit? <laughs> I, I, I can't be. Listen, I mean... I consider myself athletic. I would not consider myself an athlete. Maybe at one time I could have in high school. I I played sports. I believe I know what sports are and I know what sports aren't. There's games and then there's sports. Pickleball, it's shuffleboard meets badminton. It's, you know, keeping old people, you know, loose and their blood flowing and, you know, getting their mobility back. It's something that chiropractors or physical therapists should be suggesting. But should we have professional leagues? And they, they, they built some pickleball arena, pro arena somewhere. I mean, it, it's it's glorified ping pong. And I don't get it. You hear people talk about pickleball like it's, you know, the greatest invention, the greatest thing sports world has, has come to the world of sports in generations. And I don't get it. It deserves to be on the naughty list. I think I feel like that's a great, great call. I, I hear so much about pickleball. Here's another thing I, I don't totally. It, it's it's like tennis. Is it doubles tennis? It's doubles tennis on a small. Like a low, the, like a low net. 
Right. You don't have to cover as much ground. You gotta, like, um, you gotta like bounce it like up, like in the area before the two squares. They hit it back into a certain area. It's all it's very low to the ground. Are you a pickleball yes. guy, Joe? I've never played. Okay. But freezes like in my town, like uh, they're converting all the old tennis courts into pickleball yeah. courts. It's growing. It's it's growing in popularity. I'm not against playing. I would play. If I was on vacation, if I was on a cruise, if I was, you know, it's all inclusive. And my wife was like, you know, let's just do so. Let's fuck around and play pickleball and give it a, you know, I'd try it because I'd probably be able to do it, do it well, not get hurt. You know, it doesn't seem that, um, uh, that challenging, but the way people talk about it, it's like, they can't wait to tell you about, you know, how often they play pickleball and what it's doing for them. And I don't know, maybe I'm just, uh, that's the, you know, this time of year. Might be surrounded by pickleball enthusiasts. I don't know. I have a lot of people that I just like, you know, don't, we're talking sports. Don't jump in with pickleball talk because that's not a sport. I don't want to hear from some hipster mom, you know? Well, gentlemen, I think we covered it all. A very Merry Christmas to the both of you and, and Happy New Year. Glad to get you guys on the last episode of Free Oakley for 2023. Well, be sure to have both of you guys back in 2024. And Daniela, you said all those things I wouldn't have dared.